Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of The Cloaked. I am your host, White Owl. Hey, it's Pandora. And today we will be talking about something that, um, I mean, it's somewhat fairly new. Well, it's newish, sort of, right? (laughs) I mean, because it's something... New to some people, I guess. It's new to some people. Uh, The thing with that is that it's new in a way because it's been done in the movie. And of course, we're talking about... Uh, that of the trial of Ernie Johnson. Now, you may know it as the Devil Made Me Do It trial. Some Obviously, that's the name of the movie as well, you know, and it, I haven't seen the movie. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I have <laughs> not disclosure. seen the movie. Full disclosure. <laughs> I have not seen the movie. Um, only, it's not because, you know, those movies are scary or anything like that. It's just a lot of the times that, you know, these movies with uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren that they're based off their stories and books is that they get very um, dramatized. They add they take some creative license, that's right. for sure. Oh, yes. They definitely take, um, a, a, I would say, a lot of creative licensing <laughs> for that. And, and it's know, Hollywood, right? Like, it's supposed to be. Yeah, like, like I, that's understandable. And, you know, s- me being a fan of the paranormal, I just prefer to see, like, real footage rather than, you know, seeing something that's obviously dramatized. Because, like, whenever you hear stories, you know, obviously there are shows where people go on and tell their stories and then they have, like, a a re uh, what do you call it a reenactment re- re-dramatization of what happened and it's like very overly acted and it's super <laughs> and what's funny is that a lot of the times the that storyteller is it's is telling it one way and they're showing you something different and i think that's funny when they when they do that like way more exciting than what actually happened right yeah and they're like and it happened this way and i walked and then like they show the person like running and uh, (laughs) yeah so you know what i mean there's there's this like and the 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 visual effects and the ghost of it is very like dramatic you know super dramatic not what they saw really you know, it must have been like a white blur and then they make it like the ghost was very detailed in whatever they were wearing and that's not what they saw. And so you know, that's one of the reasons why I really don't go and see a movie that was based on s- some actual events, right? Um, because of the things that happen like that. And so with, uh, with this, with the trial of Arnie Johnson, it's... You know, it's something that I think it's worth talking about because it's one thing that led to another thing that led to another thing that I feel like it's in a way you can see it, I guess, like like an attachment. Right. Because that's kind of how it started. You know, it started with uh, David uh, Gladsell. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was 11 years old. Uh, His sister was moving Debbie uh, and at the time with uh, Arnie Johnson to a new location, to a new house, right? And they were getting ready to, you know, live out on their own. And so they moved to this place that they rented out. 
And I guess, like, along the way, David, you know, sees some kind of fucking, like, old man ghost in a room and has this experience. And that sticks with him. And, you know, throughout, you know, him being around this area, he has this experience of, like, this ghost thing. And then he goes on and uh, I think he sleep. Does he sleep there? Oh, he goes back to his house, right? Yeah, well, and I mean, because initially, if I recall correctly, uh, Debbie Glatzel and Arnie Johnson, like you said, are moving to this. It's like a rental home, right? But it seems kind of like out in the woods. Kinda yeah, kind of like, out, there, out there, right? Yeah. Um, so they're moving in, and they're pretty set on moving in. Everybody's helping them move in, right? But the I believe they the way they portrayed is like that Debbie Glatzel's mother I forget her name but she was like uneasy with the home right I don't think she, she from the very beginning she, she didn't, didn't like right. the place right, right? but yeah. they were like we're moving like they were excited about the place they liked it um, and then David her little brother he's like in one of the rooms upstairs and if I remember like there was like a bed in there too there was like yes. a was it a water bed or yeah it yeah. was a water bed that was left from the previous tenant. And what's funny is like in so in the so uh, by now you guys have maybe have seen the Discovery uh, Channel uh, like special thing that they did and they interviewed Arnie Johnson. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit more information there, but they something that I don't know if it's in the movie or not, but the couple had a conversation with the previous individual who had rented Mm-hmm. The uh, the the place, and they went over to pick up their the rest of the stuff that they had in there, and you know, I guess one of the things is I, I'm, I might be getting a little ahead of myself, but one of the things that that was mentioned is like they had some kind of experience there, like there there was like something up yeah, with the house. Because what happened was, uh, like you said, David, right? He has this encounter in that room upstairs where the bed is, and he has like. An old man appear, and I think he tells him beware. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so a scary old man pops up, tells him beware. That's kind of all that happens, I think. Mm-hmm. But so he tells his family later on. Yeah. They're weirded out by it. I think he tells them like right then and there, right? I think. Yeah. No. It's... As they're still moving in, like they do, kind of get something from him, which is why they end up asking these previous owners. Like, hey, did you ever experience anything? Like, is there anything like kind of weird or dark about this place? And they didn't have anything. Well, I think something happens to the other brother, to David's older brother. So, I, David, his uh, other brother, later is in that same room alone, mm-hmm. and the door shuts. He gets locked he in. He gets right? locked in, and then he yeah. tries to get out. And he finally is able to get out later. Him and his and, and David have a conversation about what happened, and they obviously come to terms that obviously there's something going on. Yeah, and they then put their they have together. right, and then they have this conversation with everybody else, and it's till like later on that David starts having these you know these like uh, reoccurring dreams or some shit, right? Um, that this guy is like gonna harm them and do something to them, uh, and so what ends up happening is. You know, with them being concerned, they go back to, you know, Debbie and, and Arnie move back into the mom's house. Yeah, they completely nix living there, right? Like, right. After everybody's kind of sharing their experiences, which is like kind of crazy. That means they did believe the kids they, to some extent, right? Right. Like, because 
they according to Debbie, uh, David wasn't known really for like, you know, storytelling like that. He yeah. never really had you know conversations like that, and so this was very out of character. Uh, yes, very out of character. And so what ends up happening is they go obviously they move back and they don't they don't know what to do about you know renting the fucking place, and so I think at some point David has this thing where. The, he sees the old man, he's still in contact with the old man somehow, and that, you know, he's no longer the old man, he is this, like, animal-looking uh, individual, this very demonic, basically, is what he ends up describing, mm-hmm. and that he is coming to the house, like, he's making his way from that house to where they are currently, and yeah. so one of the things that it's that's talked about is that as they're sitting there in the family room, they're you know he's coming, he's 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 going through here, and he's and so he and they hear this like loud knock at the door or some shit like that, and that freaks them out. And I think it was uh, Debbie's mom who goes to check the front door, and he's like, "Oh, he's nope. at the front door. He's at the front door," and she grabs holy water and starts spraying it on the door, and so then he's like, "Oh, he left. You know, he like left." And, you know, this shit continues on. I think uh, at some point, Dave, like, kind of a couple of days pass, and David says he got in. He's in the house. Mm-hmm. He went through the upstairs. Like, there was a window that was open or some shit like that, and he went through the window. And so, you know, they you know, they, they left this area unprotected. And what ends up happening is they start hearing sounds throughout the house. Right, yeah. they hear like some like footsteps walk, somebody walking in in the house, and so that even adds more to them being already scared of what's fucking happening to to David because David's so far the only one that's seen this, and he's having this experience and he he's not acting himself, and so he's doing. I think at some point he's having these like, uh, you know, these like weird possessions, right? Like something's trying to possess. David. Yeah, well, he's also being like, you know, allegedly like threatened, tormented, and shit. And, yeah, and he starts to kind of like get told, you know, to remove uh, like religious artifacts, right, from the home, or like mm-hmm. to not do this or that, or you're gonna pay, kind of thing. Right. So almost like anything they try to do to protect themselves, like he's getting the other end of it, where like you better not, you better beware. Mm-hmm. And then um, Debbie's mother has a lot of. Like religious things, right? Because she does seem to be like the more religious one. Yes. And so she's like, I don't really want to put this stuff away. So then David starts to experience like attacks, right? Yeah. Where they they see him get like choked, I think, at one point. Choked. And like lose consciousness mm-hmm. or like he was punched all of a sudden. Yeah. I think he, uh, like uh, he had obviously like kind of like bruises around his neck, mm-hmm. bruises throughout his body. He had scratches. Uh, so you know he was having all these night terrors. Like and stuff. at one point, didn't he claim he got stabbed? Too? Right, yes, and then he, he had was... a line on his chest. Yes, and so I think what ends up happening is that the I think it's Debbie that ends up calling you know, or placing contact with the uh, with the church mm-hmm. uh, to have something, uh, some kind of exorcist happen to David, and I think it's around this time that. Um, I think it's like twelve days after the uh, the 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 initial incident. I think they they that's when the church contacts uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, and that's where they come in to assist 
the the uh, the family in this. Now Lorraine says whenever she uh, met the family, she noticed this dark mist uh, surrounded uh, David, and she indicated that that was the the uh, the presence of this like uh, demon, this malevolent force that was around David. And you know she also mentions that there was these hands choking David. Like they were grabbing onto David, and so I think it was around. I think it was around this time she started doing this, like reading um, passages from the Bible. And this is what that was weird mm-hmm. is that people were like, "Well, she was reading passages from the Bible or Paradise Lost." What? And so I was like, "Paradise Lost is a book, you know that it's an interesting long ass book, but it's from John Milton." And so I thought it was kind of weird that they mentioned that she. That they didn't know if it was from the Bible or from Paradise Lost. And so, I don't know. I thought that was, like, funny in a way because, you know, it's it's a book. It's not... I, I mean, I don't... And, and it's one thing that I've always theorized. If you believe in the words that you say and if they're good, if you believe in them strongly, then you can probably use them as the same way as you would read the words of the Bible uh so maybe that's what she did and because the passages are written so, in a such a way that it's like poetic that maybe she used these uh these words from paradise lost i mean it's plausible she did that um but she did this because she started hearing growls and hissing sounds as well mm-hmm. and so she uses that and this thing goes away and so she's like you know hey you know be careful you know, because this thing is still around and we're going to have to do these, uh, an exorcism with, uh, with David. And I think it, I think it ends up being that same night, right? So there's an incident. Yeah. It's like, they think that they, they made an impact, right? They helped the situation. As soon as they leave, like, I don't think they even make, the the warrants don't even really make it home. They Mm -hmm. get called and turn right back around because David's like under attack. And right. I think that's where he first loses consciousness, right? Like he actually Yes, he is, stops breathing. They, they think he's like they're losing him. Yes, I think uh, I think from what Debbie had said initially in, in in the story is that she that they uh they lost David. You know, he stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. And that Arnie uh, starts giving him mouth to mouth and he's you know trying to resuscitate him. And it's when Ed and Lorraine come back that he suddenly starts to breathe. And so they're like, well, it's it's Ed their and presence kind of like scared it off, right? And so you know, and it's one of those things. That I guess they start then and there, um, start. Hey, we got to do this exorcism. You know, we got to yeah. start doing this pretty much now. And they start doing this. They get four priests mm-hmm. to do. I don't think they got approved for like a full exorcism because that always seems to be like this long drawn out process, right? right. But they did um four minor rites of exorcism yes so it's like not quite the full thing but they were right and it was like an like an emergency type uh exorcism right yeah and so uh i think it's at this point that arnie during the exorcism like basically hits his breaking point right he tells he can't bear to see david go through this that he tells the spirit or demon or whatever to come at him, come at me, bro! Like and pick so, on something its own size, right? Or... Exactly. And so you know, 
I guess uh, Lorraine was like, you shouldn't have done that. Like, that was, that, no. <laughs> like, you meant well, but that was a big no-no, because you right. now invited... You are, yeah, you're personally inviting this thing into your world, into your body. Like, there's now, well, David was vulnerable. He was the easy target because he's a child. Yes. And then now you have this other one who has basically said, sure, come on in. Right. And I think one of the things that I think that we didn't mention is that this thing, whatever it was initially, brought friends. Yes, the 42. The 40-something. It was that, 43 and, and then, then 44. Th- that, that number kept being tossed around. And so that was another thing that was a little bit confusing because as we as we continue on, there's going to be a lot of conflicting information that, you know, one thing was said, one thing was said, and another thing was said. Now, one of the things that was said that they were no longer at the house, but for some reason, Arnie and, and another different variation of the story is that they were still kind of connected to this house. I'm not sure if because they had a contract with the renter or how this was working because it said that he went to go visit the well that was at this house, at the property of this house. And this was at some point after the incident where he invited this thing into him. And he saw this demon at the bottom of the well. So I'm not sure if that actually is something that happened. If where where is that being included? Is that something that happened in the movie and people are retaking it? But there's something that I found in different articles that that's something that happened. So I'm not sure if that's something that that's being said or if that's actually something that happened again i haven't even i didn't even look into the book because there i have this conflicting uh feeling about the the warrants because there's been so much you know information about them where people believe them other people don't those people who have been in close contact with some of these cases have had contradictory stories about what actually happened versus what's written in the book by uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. So it, it to me, it's one of those things that, well, what what do you what do you see that's truth? Because a lot of their audio tapes and video is not public. You know, you can't get any of that stuff, and. Like some, there's clips that do get released. There's other stuff that you won't see. There's stuff that you'll see with Lorraine because she participated with some other paranormal group, and that's like a whole other thing. But as far as their investigation, you know, where are their tapes? Where where's the audios? Where's the video? And it's something that they obviously did from the very beginning is do that stuff, and that's kind of why they're so held in high regard is because they kept track of supposedly records of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, where is all that stuff, right? You kind of want to be... It's something that I thought, well, they made this documentary about this case where they interviewed Lorraine, and they didn't have... They didn't play any clips or any of the audio that they originally had. So I thought, I think that's always like weird because... Wouldn't you want to use that as this actually happened and here's this audio or here's this video, right? I thought there was a little bit on this there, case, there, like audio, of, but it's like... It's it's like a small bit and it's almost like, 
okay, well, if this thing took place, release the whole thing. Why just release this, like, The one that sounds 15, like it could support seconds? the theory. Right, because that's the only thing they have. Like a selective yes. bit of it. Yes, to me, it's, it's very selective. And and it, and it's to a lot of their cases. It's, it's very selective. Um, it could have been anything, you know, it could have been a malfunction of the audio Like, have you seen of, a kid throw tantrum? They could all sound possessed. No, yeah, no. I, I was just, I, mean? I was, I was just gonna say that kids who throw a tantrum sound like they're fucking possessed. I seen kids at, uh, you know, at a grocery store freak the fuck out because they can't get something that candy or whatever the fuck it is. And then they go on the floor. Thrashing. They go on the floor thrashing, arching their back like they're fucking possessed by something, and you know it's. Yeah, it looks fucking like if you didn't know anything, you look like oh yeah, yeah that's fucking, like if you spin demonic. it a certain way, you'd be like oh no, that you know. If they- you recorded and then knock out the audio and put some other audio, you know, some like demon looking growling audio, you think like oh that fucking kid is possessed, you know, then you can play it like that, and then people would be like oh shit, this kid is possessed and he's at a grocery store and it's happening <laughs> there. No, it's this fucking kid throwing a tantrum, you know, and. You could fuck with the audio however you want, and that, that you would play like that. Yeah, granted, I mean, when this was happening, this is the '80s, probably not as sophisticated, but like right. that's why we have like a very small snip of audio, right? Exactly, and you don't know what to make of it because it's not like audio plus video, or you don't really have the context of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's- like the kid is at the time, uh, David Glatzo is what eleven. I think yeah. when this happens, he's so he's not 11. quite that small. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's out of character for him, who knows, right? We we didn't know him, but it just seems kind of odd that like that's all that we have. Yeah, exactly. And so what ends up happening is that I guess after this, um, I think uh, it's when uh, I believe uh, Debbie finds a job at uh, working at some. Um, like dog, a dog kennel yeah place. like a dog kennel place like for grooming right because that's mm-hmm. what she was doing and they moved to the i guess the offices well not the offices but like i guess the upstairs of this area she lives there and works there it's like a, i don't know if it's the way they depict it but it's like a two-story building right like almost like the kennels and then you can live upstairs right and they worked so, like, I guess they worked, and the landlord was also the same guy, uh, Bono, right? The owner, Alan right. Bono, yeah. Uh, yes, and so he lived there, and so I guess they were have been working for him for a while. And so what ends up happening is that they... And this is where it's, like, very muddy and conflicting. This is... Because she worked for Alan Bono, Debbie Glatzel, but also right. Uh, Arnie Johnson, right? Right, and they were friends. They like they became friends. Like most, they all got along. Right, they got along very well. And I guess they went to go get food at some point. And and again, this is where it's conflicting because I've read and read what she has said, Debbie, and, and various interviews, and what Arnie has said, and what's being said in the documentary, and what's being said in interviews, and what was being said in the court is all very different. The details are very different, and it's very important to know these details because, and one, Debbie goes, and Debbie and Wanda, which was like a, a cousin or something, a sister, right? No, yeah, yeah it was I, a well, sister. I think it was, so it was Debbie and Arnie, and the landlord, 
Alan Bono. Right. And then there's a cousin. I think there's somebody. There's other two girls. One's named Mary. One's named Wanda. Right. And one's a cousin of the Glasswells. And the other one's like Arnie Johnson's sister. I don't know who's who. Right. I think it's Wanda that's the sister. Anyways, it doesn't matter. There's like five people. Right. And so they all go to eat or whatever and have drinks. And then I guess when they go back, there's like an altercation because... Bono was holding uh, Mary, the little nine-year-old cousin. Right, the, and there's an altercation, and so, uh, Arnie takes out a knife and stabs Bono, and then takes off running. And this is also really conflicting information. Right, there's the the whole order of like, did they all go out to eat? Then they come back. Like all of that gets jumbled up. But right. Then- well, I think it's important to mention is that at, in one point in one storyline, it's Arnie shows up later after they had gone to eat and then this incident happens and then Arnie stabs Bono and another story they all had gone to uh, eat they got really drunk they came back this incident happens Arnie Mm -hmm. then attacks Bono stabs him either once twice five times multiple times or stabs him and then runs the knife up through his chest and so again, there's multiple, you know, things which I think it's important. I mean, it's, I mean, this obviously goes to trial. The only thing I've seen that's fairly consistent is that I don't know what kind of knife it was. If it was like a fixed blade or like a pocket a knife, pocket but knife. like an actual the blade pocket knife. seems to be about five inches, so it was a big blade. Yes, it's like. And in, then I mean, it, it was four or five, like at least significant wounds, right? I feel like he right. maybe cut him up more than that, but the ones that like really did him in was like four or five. Of the, the serious wounds, right? And so obviously, then he takes off running, and they eventually find him and they arrest him. Obviously, uh, from what happened. Now, this part is also like fucking weird because I, I think they, there's a mention that they find the knife, mm-hmm. and they say like the blade was glowing. Yeah. Like, what? Like okay, sure. Almost like it wanted to be found. And I'm like okay, like let's calm down. Calm the fuck down. You know, um, the blade. Like where were the blade gonna gone? If, like because there's all, again, it's also conflicting stories. One said they stabbed him. The blade was left there, and then another storyline is like, oh, he took off and the blade was actually found outside, and then another storyline is it was found like further from the house or from the area because from what i understand the the stabbing like the fight took place inside right inside yes so then the knife just got dropped outside it is kind of weird but i mean because bono runs outside claiming you know obviously he was still breathing and that he was stabbed and he was stabbed and so you know and and then the other part is conflicting is that who called the police was it wanda or was it it mary see and then uh, and I've read it in various ways that Mary was the one who called. She ran outside and called or some shit like that. Mary's the nine-year-old little girl. Right. Yeah. And I think Wanda has also said that, you know, she... Because she was there. I don't know how old Wanda is at the time. but right. She said that Mary had ran for the car and Debbie was trying to mitigate the situation. Like, standing between the two but, men. Right. And, like, Wanda tried to pull um, Arnie away. But they also, like, there's multiple accounts that he was, like, making, like, weird growl and hissing sounds. Right. So then that's, of course, what leads to, like, the whole other. But I'm like, was that according to just Debbie or did the other girls witness this? 
And see, that's where, I mean, of course they were minors, so I don't right. know that a lot of the, what they had to say got recorded. But Yeah. And that's one of my con- that's one of my concerns is that did they also experience it? Did they witness that? And because I don't I don't recall reading anywhere that they've witnessed that as well. Um, they did witness the change of character in Arnie, but again, here's the thing: they were drinking. Yeah. And so like when people who doesn't dr- change character with exactly drinking. who doesn't change character when they drink? And those and there's definitely people who can't handle their alcohol and become either very aggressive when they drink and so i mean is that i feel like there was maybe i mean i don't know how arnie johnson's personality was at the time but okay you factor in alcohol but i also feel like maybe there was some kind of weird tension between him and this guy already yes because of the fact that like at least in one variation and again like you said there's a lot of variations but it sounds like the adults right like bono debbie and arnie had gone to eat and gotten drunk. Like, they were drunk. Obviously, the, right. the two younger girls are not. Yeah. But, you know, they returned to the, the kennel property. And then Debbie, at that point, takes the girls to get pizza. Right. But she tried to come back quickly, anticipating trouble. And I'm like, oh, what trouble? What, like, and why, why trouble? Why, exactly. And why was she anticipating this trouble? Why? Because you know they're going to get into a fight because they tend to argue. Because r- yes, they tend be- to butt heads. Like, what or, is it? Or did something happen when they went out together? Was yeah. there some kind of flirtation between Bono and Debbie? And is that what caused Arnie? Because maybe Arnie is a, a jealous individual. Which... It's plossible. It's not nothing I you know that's not unheard of. What I thought was weird is that it that doesn't even sound like it was about Debbie at the end. It was like because he grabs Mary and doesn't want to let her go. Right. And did Who is uh Arnie Johnson's sister, right? Right. Yeah. Or cousin. Cousin no, or sister, whatever. It's Debbie's little cousin. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But like so so you gotta think about Okay, so what was the real issue? Was there some weird, like, you know, jealousy? Or was it that he was being weird towards this, this little girl? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, Because I also thought was, that. Like, that if, could be a weird yes, trigger point. if he's like, oh, he's being a pedophile, then, yeah, I could see why Arnie would have reacted the way he reacted. Uh, you know? You know what I mean? Like, if you see that, yeah, you're going to react. You're going to want to fucking hurt the guy. And so that's... That to me that makes sense. That makes logical sense. Like a lot of people flip out that way, right? And so I think like was this an opportunity that something happened within the moment, whatever the reason may have been, that then they use this, hey, he was possessed as an excuse because if he was already acting like that and they and everybody noticed, why wasn't the Warrens contacted? Why wasn't the priest contacted when he started having these changes? Yeah, I feel like everything was not haunted, not possessed up until and, this happened. And then oh, they were like, oh, right. he's been acting. Actually, yeah, he's been acting he, real he, weird he, since he, then. He had been acting. Well, <laughs> and then they go, well, he had been acting weird since since he visited the well. And it's like, oh, that wasn't mentioned before. Now you're mentioning this well thing. See, and because the wealth thing is not mentioned till like, after the fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's kind of like, okay, well, what's going on? Well, like, the are Warrens, they adding to that? The Warrens also kind of, like, projected this to go a certain route, right? Because, so, Arnie 
uh, obviously stabs Alan Bono. Right. Alan Bono goes to the hospital. He does not make it. And so as soon as that goes down, well, it's like, okay, now we have a murder, right? And this is a small, sleepy town. Like, this kind of stuff is, like, a big deal, right? It doesn't happen. Yeah. And so, like, right after this happens, like, the next day, who's at the police station saying they know what happened? The, the warrants. warrants. Because why? That adds also credibility to the storyline. Yeah. To them. And they're going, no, no, no. Like, you have to understand he was possessed and here's why you got to go back and to I lo- the eight months prior to this right this started eight months ago and the i like how the police were like yeah we didn't believe it you know what i mean yeah like, they were kind of like are you freaking kidding me right like, now no he stabbed somebody he was probably drunk and this happened because of an argument you can't just blame something because it's there and it's convenient because that's kind of what it sounds like yeah. Uh, because you, you got to look at it from a logical and scientific standpoint as well. Because you can't... Sure, you know, we, we like to investigate the paranormal. But at the, at the same time, it's like... If if all these things were happening prior, why... Again, I go, why wasn't this addressed? Because obviously it was addressed with David. Because it was bad. Now, if you've seen the same changes with Arnie, then it, you know it's going to get worse. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm like, if you take out the entire David story, you're kind right. of just stuck with, like, a angry, drunk murder. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the way that's, I see it, that, you know? Yes. Because you then have... You then have a... You don't have a full story. You don't have a paranormal story. You just have a drunk story that turned really bad and someone ended up dying. And so... It, it, it without that first David story, you have you really you have you don't have much of a case. You don't have anything much of a defense at all, right? And but I mean, also I like how the judge also was like, yeah, you can't bring in the devil into this. You know, how can you prove that? There's yeah, no way to prove that. His defense lawyer, which was uh, Martin Manella, right. he was literally trying to take that as the defense to court. Like it wasn't him; he was possessed. The devil made him do it, right? Like yeah. that was the whole thing and that did not fly yeah and uh, i mean mean, obviously a lot of people called it the demon murder trial Mm -hmm. and so you know it obviously spun a lot of media sensation at the time that it actually picked up you know uh it picked up news in uh, across the country and so many media picked it up and so it became this very well-known trial where it was the first of, of its kind where they try to bring this into the case, into trial, which obviously it's something that wasn't allowed and basically got dismissed by the judge. It's like, yeah, you can't use that. Yeah. And so, you know, and then even after. So I, th- I think it's important to also mention what happened after because, you know, the the warrants got sued mm-hmm. by uh David and his brother, they tried to sue them because they wrote a book, right? And this book sold. It, it was It's one of their top books, one of the top selling books, as you should say. And they made a lot of money on this. And so they tried to sue um, the warrants and the author. I think it was... Uh, I forget what the author's name is. But 
I think it was Car- Carl and David uh, Gladstone try to sue them because of what happened. And, you know, they were like, well, you made money off this. You are profiting off this. They the, And the what thing is, there was an NBC film, right? Mm-hmm. Called The Demon Murder Case, where Kevin Bacon starts in it. Um, I thought that was funny that, you know, that he started in it. Uh, he recently actually got interviewed, um, uh, and he mentions that, uh, you know, that in that when he was making the film of this, that he was told uh, by the director to do do it a certain way, do it this way, when they, they're talking about the possession uh, type shit. And, uh, he, you know, he felt kind of weird doing it because he was just like, what? You know, <laughs> th- th- he was like, I guess I'll do it. And so he, they did it. And they were like, oh, we're not going to use all of the footage. And they, using, they ended up using all the footage. <laughs> and he was like, it looked kind of weird. And so, it's but I mean. Thanks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and so, you know, you have this thing where it's like, well, you know, the people who were there in the middle of it are saying, well, that's not what happened what you wrote in this book is not what happened and you're profiting off my brother and you're making it seem like this he was haunted by this demon but he actually was having issues he was having mental illness and so they tried to sue the warrens um you know nothing came off of it i think it got like uh dismissed or something and you know it leaves you thinking about the if you know anything about the warrens it leaves you thinking even more so because If the person who was allegedly possessed and his brother are saying that's not what happened, what you wrote in the book is not what happened. And what do you what what do you do? What do you say to that? Because here's the thing in the documentaries and everything I've seen, they don't show up. You know, they don't show up. Carl or David don't show up. They want nothing to do with this. They don't want to touch it. Right. Because they were like, that's not what happened. There's that's not what happened. They don't want to perpetuate whatever the story is. Still. Right. They don't want to add more to, you know, according to them, the lies. Right. So what do you think? What do you, what do you think uh, ultimately of the story? Do you think it was like now nah, it was just like a drunken thing or do you think that it's 50 50? I mean, I in the case of like, I feel like it's two different stories and I feel like it doesn't quite connect. Right. Right, because I haven't seen anything where after uh, David, the little boy, was possessed and going through all that stuff. Like, that to me sounds more compelling on its own. But right. then, um, what's his name? Arnie. Arnie Johnson's story. Like, the, the only tie he really has to that is, like, yeah, he was present. And then he did that whole thing where he basically could open the door for possession himself. But there doesn't seem to be any consistency, right? Like yes, anything right. leading up to him. And then it's like, well, the case for him being drunk, angry, and stabbing somebody seems a lot more plausible than, oh, he suddenly, he's been possessed all along and it just manifested like tonight. Right, exactly. How exactly. convenient. Yes. Right? No, absolutely. I, um, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Like for the, the little boy, I mean, I don't know. I even had like, I told you I had a weird theory, which I'm not sure like how much um, I oh yeah yeah go ahead with your theory I, <laughs> like, I, that, that's an interesting theory go ahead because my thing was like okay so this all started when Debbie Glatzel and Arnie went to go to this other property right, like somewhere far away right to move into this apartment or not this like a rental home right right 
Um, and I thought, well, what if this kid somehow was exposed to something like LSD, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, it doesn't have to be LSD, like proper form, but like something hallucinogenic like that, right? Mm-hmm. That he ate or accidentally ate, someone gave to him, I don't know. Um, because I feel like he was experiencing some really hardcore symptoms, right? And they don't, of course, there's no information on, well, what mental illness was he having? Like, typically you don't see mental illness that bad in a kid that young, unless he's just going to be like that for the rest of his life, right? Like, Yeah. But I did come across some stuff where it was like, well, you know, we know LSD messes people up, right? Adults that just took it and they were never the same. Like, it scrambles the brain, right, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But for kids, I was like, I did come across one thing where there was like a five-year-old girl who took LSD accidentally. And she suffered like agitation, panic, depression, disorientation, depersonalization, distortion of body image, um, a lot of like visual perception functions and paired visual motor skills. Um, And this lasted for months. Like it... It lessened over time, right? That's the only thing that I wasn't too sure about because with David, it was almost like it started and then it increased. But you have seen cases of LSD ingestion where people like only took a little bit. Right. Maybe had some kind of trip. Not too bad. But Mm -hmm. then they continued to have weird experiences for years. Side effects. For years. Yeah. And it's like something is just not left the same. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, what if somebody was into something like that? And like, what if he got into it? You know what I mean? Right. What's, what if somebody accidentally gave him something that was laced with that? You know, you hear stories about like people accidentally eating, you know, um, like special brownies or something that somebody in the family had that they bought from somebody or whatever. And they accidentally ingested this, not knowing that this thing, this food or whatever had this product or, you know, and... and it's possible that that could have been a situation where they didn't know. Like, if you look at videos on YouTube of people, like, ingesting LSD or any kind of, like, uh, psychogenic uh, type of drug or whatever, you see the similarities. Like, if you didn't know that they had ingested this type of drug, you would, you would swear that they're, they're possessed. They're possessed, you know? And you look at it and you think, yeah, it looks very similar to that. I was saying, oh, he would, you know convulse and see things and hear things and he's like you know showing like like speaking in tongues or showing some kind of physical manifestation and i'm like well if you think about it like maybe he ingested something like that could actually kind of parallel a lot of things right yeah and you think about these homes right like you don't know what people did in in like a rental home like what if he did come across something right yeah i mean it's it's possible it's very plausible because if, if uh, the, let's say, I'm not saying that the previous tenant was doing something, but I mean, what if so they... Could be a mushroom. I mean, it could literally be, you know, there's a lot of things that could cause right. something you, like that. He, what if he did eat a magic mushroom, like, <laughs> the you know, out, out in the field or something that he picked up by accident uh, days ago or that day or, you know, whatever. Um, it's very plausible, you know. It, it It's hard to say because the only thing that that is leaves you thinking what could what else could have been is that the fact that Carl and David d- haven't been interviewed 
they haven't come out and said, well, this is the story. This is the real story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so there's none of that. And that's what sucks about about this is because it kind of leaves you wondering what else, you know, because like I said, it, you go back to a lot of these cases where the warrants are involved and I you go back and see all these cases and there's some type of lawsuit somewhere. There's some type of lawsuit with somebody and and they and it's easy to say, oh, it's for monetary reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, it might be. But at the same time, listen to what these people are saying, that what they're writing is not what happened at all. Like, there are certain things that they're saying. Well, you know, you read the book, there's certain points of the book that didn't happen. You know, he never levitated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that could be a thing. Because supposedly, he levitated. You know, that's another thing. So, like, you, you could say that there's certain things that they're not going to agree to. But I think at the end of the day... You know, we again, it leads us back to we really don't have all the facts because a lot of the facts are not given. The only information that we do have is the police report, you know, uh, the police report and then some of the interviews. But then the interviews are not all 100 because you don't have everybody being interviewed. You know, it goes back to that. Then not everybody's been interviewed. So you don't have all the information. You don't have all the data. To come up with a conclusion, so all we have are left with is our own theories. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it says a lot that they don't want to talk. Yes, right? like I think so. Two- I think so because they I know they've been offered money. From what I've read, uh, various, various people have offered them money to get their side of the story. And they refused. Now, if the... If, Companies like the Discovery Channel is offering you money. They're probably offering you good money. And for them to say, no, I don't want to or I don't need it. You know what I mean? And like you go, well, okay, so Debbie was, she passed away recently, right? Right, yes. Um, But she was speaking about it. But I'm like, well, you do have a motive, right? Because she ended up marrying Arnie Johnson. Right. And he did do time. He he was supposed to do like up to 20 years and he only did five. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you had motive because, you know, she probably loved him and didn't want him to go to jail. Right. Or maybe she knew what really went down and was like, well, she felt she felt at fault. Maybe he stands even. a chance. Right. if We go with this story. Yeah. Because she's involved. And, and, and there's I mean, there's just a lot of things that could have been it. I mean, obviously, you know, they. They, like you said, they did get married. They were in love, and so that that's a motive. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's not the truth. But that doesn't mean that's also the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you know, it kind of just leaves you wondering. But again, hopefully, guys, you enjoyed and liked this story. Click the like, and uh, again, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Later, guys.